feel like there's become a new villain, and that's become carbs. Today's episode on Spot On. Here we go. From paleo to keto, are carbs the villain on your plate? Put down that beef jerky and let's find out. This is Spot On, a health and wellness podcast for college students, soon-to-be college students, or anyone that knows a college student. Spot On breaks through the latest health and wellness information hijacked from media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake. I am a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition in You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. So let's go back to the streets to find out what college students think about the carbs in their diet. Are they a friend or a foe? There are carbs that I really, really love, like pasta, wonderful carbs, but there's a lot of things that I don't eat in general, like bread. I've been gluten-free and I have to say, I've been feeling so much better. I've heard about the paleo and keto diet, but I don't really know like any information about like what it consists of. For different diets, for example, the keto diet or things like that, it really depends on what you're trying to achieve, whether you're trying to gain muscle, lose weight, um, and then on your body type and how much you work out or not. I don't know much about paleo. I know my mom tried it for a while and failed. I follow a few influencers on Instagram to follow their keto diets, and they promote this keto coffee, which helps aid in like the ketosis stages. But most of the people I've met who are really health conscious tend to do it. You know, low-carb diets, I mean, everybody is talking about low-carb diets. No matter what your cultural background, we all grew up eating carbohydrate-based diets. Okay, if you're from Greece, right? So you had carbohydrate-rich yogurts and cheese and veggies. If you're an Asian, right, you had rice and, and veggies. Uh, from India, you have lentils, which, by the way, is my new thing. Rice and veggies also. Spanish, you have rice and beans. And, of course, me, I am 100, if not 110% Italian. So trust me. My childhood table wasn't set until there was plenty of carbohydrate-rich bread, pasta, and veggies in the serving dishes. So the question is, we all grew up with these cuisines that were rich in carbohydrates. So what has happened? Why all of a sudden our carbs have become the villain on the plate? And some folks are avoiding them just like the plague. So to dig deeper into this whole low-carb story, I'm so excited today to have a friend and a, a fabulous nutrition colleague, Toby Amador. She a, has a master's degree, and she's a registered dietitian nutritionist. She is an award-winning nutrition expert that's based in New York City, and she was also a Wall Street Journal best-selling cookbook author. And, you know, you just need to Google Toby Amador, and I'm telling you, a gazillion articles are going to um, uh, come up. And today, I am so happy to have her on the phone because she is in New York. She's an expert on fad diets and low-carbohydrate diets. In fact, 
she has read over 300 diet books over her career. So fad diets, you know, Toby, they're 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 like fashion. You know, they it, what's old is new. They come in, um, go out, and come back in. And we, we can only go to the 1970s with uh, the low carb guru, Dr. Atkins. Remember that diet? That's exactly it. It's it's like a comeback of Atkins, just in different forms. That's exactly correct. And you know, it's funny because this year low carbs are back in. So hello to Dr. Atkins. And I was checking Vogue magazine and bell bottom pants are in. So you know, everything of the seventies is coming back, as of what you're wearing and what you're eating here. So there you go. All right. So Miss <laughs> Tobe, tell me honestly, what is going on um, about these low carb diets and? Why all of a sudden, or why have they evolved to be the villain on the plate? At first it was, okay, no sugar this, no sugar that, and now it's come to the entire category of carbs, which is included, inclusive of complex carbohydrates too. And so you have people and many of these fad diets cutting them out completely, um, promising a lot of health benefits, promising weight loss, uh, energy, and a lot of other things. Right. You know, Toby, the, the uh, International Food Information Council did a survey um, in 2018, and about a third of the young consumers at those age 18 to 34, which of course is right there in the college age, they are looking to follow a specific eating pattern, and to them, low carbs is king. And it was interesting because when they said, what is the motivator um, for finding a specific eating pattern, they said energy to make me feel better and to, and to better manage my weight. So here we go again. Um, you know, how did this carbs get the bum rap that they're not kind to your waist or they are not good for you and good to feel your body I'm not sure how they have but I know a lot of people crave them and so a lot of people tend to overconsume them so it's not that let's say pasta is quote-unquote bad for you but a lot of people instead of taking maybe two or three half cup or three-quarter cup servings they take six or eight cups and then say oh no the carbs were bad yeah you overconsume them and now you're saying, okay, wait, instead of going to moderation, let's just go all the way and cut them out completely. And so you're not meeting kind of in the middle here. Um, and I also feel in the world of nutrition, we're always looking to blame someone. And right, right now, poor car- poor carbs. I know. I know. They need a good PR firm. You know, when you said about the, the pasta, listen, you know that I'm 100% Italian because we've met in person. And you know that I speak with my hands. So pasta to me was like, you know, you couldn't even, you know, function if there was a pasta on, on the table there. And we didn't have any problem with a waiter or energy level when we were growing up. So, you know, it, it's very... Very, very interesting. It's not so much what I'm hearing you're saying, the, the carbs or the source, it's how much? Right. It's, it's funny because when I actually went to Italy and I asked for pasta, they gave me a Toby portion, meaning they gave me a small portion, not an Americanized portion, like six or seven times the, you know, amount I should be eating. Right. So I was so happy going to Italy with a small bowl of pasta. So maybe we should all go there. We should, you know, yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You buying? Yeah, I'm going. It's on me. <laughs> I'm pulling out my American Express and you're coming with me. Just in general, food and us as a population, one of the things that pulls us together as a culture and our history and our family is sitting together and eating and enjoying food, especially from our you know mother and grandmother or whoever. Mm-hmm. And taking that away 
just takes that whole bond and, uh, it, you know, that love of food away. And so I, I just always want to throw that out of there. Can you imagine not being able to have pasta? Right, right. And you're right. And I, I, I you know, Toby, I'm going back to my days in New Jersey, the Italian household. We ate together. We talked, you know, and, and the plates were smaller. There was tons of vegetables and there was pasta. And, and how can you, you know, connect if uh, with your family if you don't have that one meal together and that kind of slows you down and then you know calms you down because we know a lot of stressful eating you can eat and overeat so you're right there's a lot to be said about going back to your cultural heritage and not only the types of foods but going back to the family and breaking bread with the family so uh, i'm on there i'm with you so what is if you define a low-carb diet, what is it like? How low is a low-carb diet? Well, I think it also depends on which low-carb you're going to. Some of them tell you to cut it out almost completely, like something like the keto. It tells you to eat 5 to 10% of your calories coming from uh, carbs, and that could be any types of carbs. could be grains or dairy or lower non-fat dairy or uh, fruits. Um, and then, you know, um, there's some like paleo that really wants you to eat basically almost no carbs. Um, and so it really de- is dependent on the type of low-carb diet, uh, but they're going pretty low. And what is the downside of getting such a small amount of carbohydrates in your, in your diet? Well, like I mentioned, carbs come from different food groups. So it comes from your dairy group, it comes from your fruits, even vegetables have carbs in it. Um, and so you're in grains, of course. You're cutting out food groups. Each food group is there for a reason because they provide nutrients, phytochemicals, um, and, you know, important things that your body needs in order to be healthy, fight disease, uh, maintain overall health. And so you're cutting out numerous food groups or a lot of them, and it's very tough to eat a healthy, well-balanced diet when you do that. And on top of that, to have the energy you need because your body's not getting everything it needs in order to stay healthy. That's right. And, you know, I always say that, you know, the carbs, is, it breaks down to the glucose, which is the fuel your body loves. And, and for college students, they are very active. They're very active uh, physically and mentally. Right. And that, that will go into, when we get to ketogenic diet, how I feel it's very difficult for a college student to succeed on the keto and in school when you're undergoing something called the keto flu when you transition into the keto diet. So I also am reading a lot that athletes, uh, especially college athletes, are lo- looking to this low-carb diet for energy, and it makes absolutely no sense to me. Um, yeah. You know, the, how can you perform? I mean, I know you're very athletic. You run and you have uh, played tennis and everything. But how could you perform at your optimal if you're trying to have some, you know, consume one of these low-carb diets? You have to, first of all, you have to be careful. Um, a lot of people, like uh, paleo has done a modified paleo for athletes, allowing, like, sweet potatoes in there to get those carbs because you really do need them absolutely to get the glucose you need to fuel your body. Um, and even for, you know, recovery, too, um, you need some carbs. So they have modified some of these, and if not, you really should be working with someone who specializes in sports dietetics. There are registered dietitians who do that who can actually go through with you and say, you know, have this, this, and this to make sure that you're fueling properly before and after uh, your workout. You know, you wrote... um, uh 
a article by which I loved here uh, in U.S. News, and it, this was why this dietitian, meaning you, is against the paleo and other trendy diets. So, why? What is share with us some of the reasons why you are just against paleo? Um, in terms of paleo, again, we are not living in the paleolithic era. You know, there's no man running around with a loincloth right now, and women are not sitting there gathering berries. So we're not in that era. Well, not in New and, York, um, we know. We're not in not New York, not in California, not in most of the U.S. You know, we're not out with, like, going hunting like that, especially in the winter. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cold. That would be nippy. <laughs> Um, and so it's, it's, it's really not conducive to our culture and environment as it is right now. Um, you know, you're not allowed to have grains and dairy and legumes, uh, potatoes. I mean, on paleo diet and refined sugar, they, they say you shouldn't have it because it appeared after the agricultural revolution or refined vegetable oils as well. I mean, you're going to go get some foods, first of all, on a college um, budget. You're never going to afford some of these things that they advocate on the paleo diet. That's first of all. Right. Meat, uh, meat, which high protein is what's uh, paleo is a lot, uh, high protein and lower carbohydrates. Meat is right. expensive. We all know that. Very expensive, especially you're not doing your plant-based meats because you can't because right. you can't have your, you know, legumes and even your greens that have, you know, high protein grains. So all that is out. Right. Um, you know, and so that's that's a big problem over there. And then, like I said, a lot of it is the elimination of, of these nutrients that you're just not getting. Right. Um, and then a lot of people who tend to avoid uh, grains uh, are also avoiding dairy foods as well, and dairy has nine essential nutrients in there too, and I'm not talking about alternate milks. I'm talking about the cow's milk. Mm-hmm. And so you're really, you're really cutting out a tremendous amount. Not only that, fiber. You're cutting out your fiber. You can have a lot of paleo folks running around with some constipation, which isn't really conducive when you're trying to learn and you know right. be healthy and we all know when, when you're constipated you're just not a, you know just you don't want to sit next to a constipated person in class it's just not no, a lot of fun not. you know it yeah. isn't. you know it's interesting you said about dairy and other nutrients because we have to remember at this you know uh, college age um some of them are still growing and they need nutrients and we know for bone health uh, they they haven't up until age about thirty to you know lay down as much calcium in the bones as possible, yeah. and if you if you're giving up dairy, I mean, how much broccoli can you eat? I mean, you, and spinach. I mean, you you would not be able to eat the. I mean, cups and cups and cups and cups worth that you really need. You know, and we know Toby that every year, every year, the diet that wins the Oscar, the diet that always number one, that's the most healthiest diet is right where you were on vacation in Italy, right? So it's the Mediterranean Mm -hmm. diet, and you look at the Mediterranean diet, it is loaded with, you know, fruits and vegetables and grains and nuts and legumes and healthy uh, fish and oils. So, you know, again, we go back to this, and the data is there that is really healthy. Um, So, again, the research says that these carbs are good. You know, you mm-hmm. said you said before that about the paleo, um, you know, diets, and they were with the loincloths. I still have it in my head right now, and <laughs> and, and I'm sorry, I can't, I can't get rid of it. I'm sorry. Um, so you, that they were um, out and about and hunting and gathering, you know. And I was doing some research on this, and I was reading an article 
that was saying that, you know, first of all, paleo diet, what is the paleo diet? It depends upon where you grew up. I mean, where you, you know, all different, different places of the earth, right? You're going to have different uh, paleo foods. You know, Alaska is mm-hmm. going to be different than, than Africa. But they were saying that the, the men and women did about six to nine hours of walking daily. Can you imagine? Mm-hmm. I mean, imagine your Fitbit. Ooh, that would be nice. That, I mean, I was on vacation, and I was walking. I did get, like, 20,000 steps in. But that's because I was on vacation. I was, like, walk, waking up at the crack of dawn with the sunrise, walking on the beach for an hour and a half. Wait, but then I would play tennis, and then I would do another walk in the afternoon. But who has time? That's exactly correct. And they were walking, you know, six to nine hours a day because they had to get food. I mean, what do we – we don't have to walk to get food. We have our phone. We have a phone, and we can get delivery. So this is a, a big pro- a problem with this is that they – you know, you can't just say it was the diet. It was the environment, the lifestyle, that they had to go and hunt and physically go get their foods. Um, which burned a lot of calories and also was good for the heart, like you said, and uh, for your waist and for prevention of diabetes and other, other issues. And they also said that they, when they found, they dug up uh, fossils and they looked at things, they found that there was instruments that they think that they may took the grains and, and processed them. With, I know we know Toby, that that's like a bad word, even though we know process. Everybody has process. You have to have process. For goodness gracious, a carrot is process. But- right. I always, I, I actually had a whole conversation at a at a cocktail at a holiday party, and the gentleman said, "I eat nothing processed." I said, "Wait, what did you have today? Did you have any chicken that's processed?" You're not eating the chicken as it's alive. You have to process it to eat it. But it's it looks like they process it in the paleo. Here we go. They process it. They had to grind it up so that they could chew it and eat it. So there you go. It goes all the way back. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the, the, where the first processed food came from. So you have um, also written another article, one of your another ones. Is this was in Shape Magazine that I, that I absolutely um, loved, and you said um, basically, you know, what you have against the keto, or you're completely against the keto diet. That was the title. And by the way, we are going to put up the links to Toby's. Uh, website as well as the links to these two articles from U.S. News and World Report and Shape Magazine talking about these fad diets um, on the uh, Spot On Facebook page. Why are you so against keto? Well, the I think the premise for keto is um, that you're utilizing. So I'm just going to take a step back and explain a little bit um, what it is. Usually we use uh, glucose or sugar um, and in the form of it stored as glycogen, and that's what gives us energy. Um, And so what the keto diet does is it has you having so little glucose or sugar that your body has to use a different form in order to feed the brain and to give you energy. And so what it does is it turns fats into something called uh, ketones, and that's what provides you energy. And this is what happens during times of survival. It's a backup method that we absolutely, our bodies use, you know, so we, so we don't die in, during times of starvation. And it has shown to be beneficial, um, you know, in kids with seizures. Right. So there, there definitely is something to it. However, for a weight loss 
for someone who's looking to weight loss and change their healthy eating patterns. It actually isn't something that's sustainable. It's not fun. It's not tasty because I've tasted and I've actually, um, I've cooked some keto, a ton of keto recipes just for my own knowledge. And and it was freaking tough to sit there and calculate everything out. Um, and I'm telling you as a dietitian where I've analyzed thousands of recipes. Um, I'm the nutrition expert at Food Network. I've done a lot of analysis for, for thousands of recipes over there in my own cookbooks. It is just tough to sit there and make sure every meal is under like about eight grams of carbs. Even if you're talking low-carb veggies, you can't have more than three quarters of a cup of low-carb veggies and you know, and flavor them a little bit to stay under that amount. You're eating very little food. We're talking like, uh, like you said, that this was based on uh, for epilepsy, and you know, for kids, and they found mm-hmm. out that they have low carbs, they might have less seizures. And and thank goodness they found this, and because you know, I've read about parents who have to have kids that have um, mm-hmm. this problem, and they say it is so challenging to ref- to keep the uh, carbohydrates so low in the diet and make it palatable. And and what? How many grams of of carbs do you on a keto diet? Like, what are we talking here? Um, for the keto diet, the carbs are between five to ten percent. So oh, yeah. let's say someone's on a two thousand calorie diet. If we want to do the math, that's between a hundred to two hundred calories from carbs. That's any types of carbs, right. grains, legumes, and honey, and um, you know, because they actually don't even advocate eating honey. And low carb veggies will have some, car- like right. cauliflower, will still have some carbs, and tomatoes will still have some carbs in it. Um, it's really low. It's very tough to maintain. Right. Um, something yeah, like that. And you had said, I read in this article that was in uh, Shape Magazine, you had said that it's so challenging that you have to even count herbs. That there was carbs. Yeah, I, I did. Yep. I, when I started to like calculate some of my numbers when I was eating some of the 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 recipes, if I used too many teaspoons of dried herbs, it would put a carb to like another gram up. So you know, it would add a gram of carbs, and I was I would be like, oh no, I'm above my like limit. You know, that would technically take me out of ketosis if right. you go above a certain number. And everybody's a little individual. Right. And I also just wanted to take a step back. Those uh, those parents with the epileptic children. They work very closely with hospitals and yes. dietitians to yes. make sure that the kid is fed and a well-balanced meal so they can thrive and grow properly, too. Exactly correct, and keep muscle mass and, and meet their nutrient needs, especially because they're so growing. So this is really, really a challenging diet. So the question is, why are, are we have this keto you know, culture out there when it's such a diet that is so challenging and it sounds from what you did not palatable tasting in, in, in why how did this all come about? I think everybody's looking for the new, newest thing. And, I, you know, you have some influencers, whether it's a couple of big-name celebrities had done it. Um, and so if they did it, they're absolutely influences to other people. Um, but the problem is if you, if you actually follow it, which, I, you know, I didn't even realize until I started doing a lot of research and looking into this, um, you actually, until your body gets enough ketones build up and stops uh, relying on sugar for energy, you get something called the keto flu. Hmm. And if you read the books on it, you get so sick during this, it could be a few days to up to a week until your body regulates, that a lot of books say, you know something, you should take a few days off from work. 
How do you do that when you're in school? Say, hey, professor, sorry, I'm, I'm in my keto flu. I can't show up to class for a few days. I'll catch up later. Can you imagine? Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, the professor say, get to get a note from the doctor, and this would get really, really ugly. So the keto flu, that is, that is unbelievable. So is it like a flu? Like you feel like that terrible? Yep, you feel um, very, very exhausted and nauseous, and you have headaches, and then you actually, people um, describe it as having overall fogginess that, again, lasts a few days to up to a week. Wow. Wow. So uh, for college students, for anybody who works, or and especially in college when you're using your brain and you need to put that information in and, and get it in there and help it stays there to critically think, this is not the diet of choice for your brain. No, not at all. And I have to say, once you quote unquote cheat and have some carbs, you get out of the keto. You know, you're you're out of keto uh, ketosis. You have to go and start from scratch and go back through that flu and go back through ketosis. So people do it short term, and some people do it longer term. It's still a pain in the butt either time you do it, and it's really not fun. Right. So that's interesting. So you can't just be um keto Monday to Friday, okay? And then I'm off keto, uh, you know, on Saturday and Sunday, and I'm going to go on keto on Monday again, and yours and 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 get back to it. But you're saying no because you have to There's stay no in that. There's no cheating on this right. one. Oh my goodness! So you have to stay. You have to get past the flu page, right? The key to the fogginess, there, yeah. and then so that you could possibly think, and then stay on it forever to stay in that ketosis state. And so you can't. You, I mean, you you can't go out to dinner with anybody. I mean, what? Tell me these recipes. Like, what what is a, what did you make for keto that? that well, you can eat? you can make. I mean, if you're gonna take a keto, of course you can have meat, poultry, fish, eggs. You just have to watch what you're flavoring it with. Okay. So you know, a little olive oil, and you do want salt because um, those on keto diet, you actually your salt needs go up a tremendous amount. I think you said something about dehydration. It's very dehydrated. Oh yeah, you definitely need okay. to increase your fluids and with dehydration, and it has to do with the metabolism of of, of that sort. Um, but the the sodium needs increase tremendously. Like you you barely have to. You don't. It's not like you're here, oh, I need low salt. No, you want to add more right. salt to right. your recipes right. um, for your body. And also your electrolytes are also, if you don't take enough of them, you could be an imbalance too. That's why coconut works well. You made these keto recipes, and, you know, it's interesting because what I'm starting to see, Toby, uh, especially on online um, digital s- s- grocery shopping, all these keto products. And mm-hmm. I found keto cookies now i don't understand how a cookie could be keto and i mean i looked at this i looked at the ingredients label and they were nine it was, it was a package of two cookies okay and mm-hmm. it was 90 calories per cookie and you know what will happen like no one's just going to eat the one cookie right so right, gonna, right, right, right right so they're gonna eat the whole pack of cookies so you know we're talking if it's 90 calories a, a, a cookie and you eat two of them we're talking 180 calories but don't you you really need to cut calories to lose weight mm-hmm. if that's the goal of it someone who's in true true keto supposedly has a much less um their their appetite is goes down supposedly um, but if you're now they're coming out by the way with modified keto so someone who really doesn't want to stay in the very strict keto can eat keto like like you're saying keto snacks and absolutely that's going to happen so again uh, the carbs may be down but the calories are not down 
Correct. A lot of the, right. So cookies could have like, like you said, 100 calories each. You're going to eat five cookies. That's 500 calories. There you go. And and carbs or no carbs, that's 500 calories. Let's, you know, let's call a spade a spade here. So when, when, when people, uh, you know, as a nutrition expert, when people say, gee, I'm, I, I need to better manage my weight and that's why I'm doing keto. What is your advice? My advice, honestly, is to stick to the basics, and I've said this before. You never want to do something. You have to remember your body is number one, and your body needs all those food groups. That's number one, and it's just a matter of balancing them out and take a step back and see where are you not, you know, where are you having an issue? Are you hungry between classes, for example, and what are you eating during that period of time? Maybe you can have a better snack choice. So almost dissecting, take a step back, look at the bigger picture and stop going after some of these really far-fetched diets that's really going to make you feel, you're going to fail. You can't stay in ketosis. You're going to end up feeling bad about yourself. And that's part of what I put in that shape article. Why are you going to follow something where you're, you're destined to fail and feel bad about yourself? Right. That's not a good thing. No, that isn't because then you you affect your self esteem and then you get angry and you're back right where where you know you started yeah. and it, it it's just not that doesn't make any sense whatsoever, and you know to go back through history, they people think these are new fangle dangle fad diets, but these low carb diets are. That they're the same diets that were decades ago, just renamed, and mm-hmm. um, and they didn't work decades ago. So what the heck? You know, what do you think it's going to be working for you now? And really, it's basically to better manage your weight. And it sounds like you know you want pasta, but let's not you know eat the whole pound, and let's do moderation. Um, let's stay active, and um, let's um, make sure your your diet is well balanced to feed your brain, not at the expense of your waist. Right, and then I'd also, you know, if if someone is really confused because they hear 20 different things or they read different things in the media, then a registered dietitian nutritionist can sit and really help, you know, clear what are the fads, what are the truths, how does your body really work, what do I need, and really tailor it. You know, if you're really dying to go the paleo way, they can help modify things so you're getting everything you need, but maybe you're eating a little bit more high-fat, but the healthy high-fat way. Right, right. And, you know, you said something very interesting that, you know, uh, you got to be very careful. Careful uh, about you know electrolytes and things that are going on. So if you come in to this with uh, on certain medication or you have a certain um, like high blood pressure or thing, you got to be very careful to do such of these extreme diets. And even people, yeah. say, even like college students, oh they're young, you know they can survive. No, a lot of them are on maybe medications or they have health issues that they shouldn't be doing such an extreme without the advice of a registered dietitian nutritionist which oftentimes are available on college campuses. As mm-hmm. well, also many insurance companies are paying um, for a visit or a counseling session, so good. That, yep, that, they are. That's where we need to get our advice. All right, so my nutrition guru here, T- Toby Amador, I am going to be putting her link to her website and the articles up on the Spot On Facebook, and I want to thank you for discussing low-carb diets, paleo to keto, um, and you know something? Uh, we're all going to go to Europe and enjoy our carbohydrates and go shopping and walk all day. Yeah, that would be, wouldn't that be the life? Yes, that's it. That's our dream. And I'm taking you with me. Thank yeah. you so much, Toby. Thanks Take care. so much Take, for having me. Take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Spot On. 
I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Joan Salji Blake. Please subscribe to Spot On through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you find your podcasts. Also, visit our Facebook page to join the conversation and tell us what you'd like to hear in future episodes. And oh, by the way, could you ask five of your friends or family members to download Spot On and subscribe to it? Do I ask a lot from you?